How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it in front of the line. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Okay, so it has been months and months since we've recorded it all. I have gotten, I should say, we have gotten messages from a couple people that are like, where's Thanks Bud at? We're back. We're here. We're, we we're here. We're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, we've all returned. The Kings have played a couple games. It's a new season. Um, I guess, yeah, just a quick catch up. Did you, I mean, like a bunch of stuff happened, I think, in the preseason. It was weird kind of having like the World Cup, but also training camp because there was a lot more hockey going on than I'm used to. Exactly. It felt like the season started way earlier than it usually does because usually the preseason games happen and, you know, I wa- like we watch them and everything, but it doesn't have that like sense of urgency. But with all of the World Cup stuff and then going like right into preseason and then regular season hockey, I feel like the season has been going on for a while. Right, yeah. Even though it's only been... There two games yeah it's kind of strange but also kind of cool I realized because it was like I think also with combined with like the Kings they're a little bit more mm, flexible I guess so far this season like it wasn't just like all right they're bringing back the same guys there were a little a few more spots up for grabs um it was more active yeah yeah so it was just kind of like a an interesting preseason in a way that we just haven't had the last couple years um, with all of the stuff going on. So it's it's cool. But now, finally, the actual season has started. We have come to talk about hockey some more. Um, did you actually watch any of the World Cup or anything like that? I watched a few games here and there. I, I didn't watch too much because the USA was you know, bumming me out a little bit. That is fair. <laughs> there was not a lot to cheer for there. That was bumming me out, and also, like, all of the uh, post-game, between-game quotes of people like, say, Dean Lombardi. I was just like, oh, I am in agony over everything. But Phil Kessel was the balm that made it all better. Oh, yeah, the Phil Kessel tweet was amazing. With <laughs> Dean Lombardi, what I realized, I mean, I already knew this for other things that he's done related specifically to the Kings, but I feel like any time the NHL at large and like the NHL fandom at large pays attention to things that he says. I just feel like he's sort of that weird relative and you're used to the speeches that he gives at holiday dinners and stuff, but you don't want other people to hear that. Like you bring guests over and you're like, could you please stop? Could you just go back in the backyard where you're supposed to be? (laughs) Please don't (laughs) bring You bring like your significant other over and then, you know, your uncle gets up to say a speech and you're like, oh (laughs) shit, I forgot to (laughs) warn everyone. Right. says dumb stuff. Uh, but here we are, on the world stage again. Right. We're used to it, but everybody else wasn't. So I just kind of had that feeling. So there was like a slight bit of relief, I think, for me when Team USA was finally out because it was like, all right, at least I don't have to think about this anymore. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting because I feel like people were worried about how much viewers would get invested in something like that. And then I'd be at work and people would be like, oh, are you, have you seen it? Because it got coverage by like ESPN. Uh, one of, well, I mean, not their, like their main channel, really, but still enough that... You know, people who I don't usually talk to about hockey were like, are you watching this? What is this thing? And had questions. And so I think it would have been cool if Team USA had been better. And in four years when they do it again, maybe it'll be like better to, you know, have a stronger, more skilled team. And then people will be like excited about hockey in September. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. I had people who I usually talk to about baseball or I let them talk 
to me about baseball, and I just sort of listen. Right. You're like, oh, hockey's going on, and I watched this, that, and another thing. It was kind of cool, and I was like, hey, I like this, this crossing of uh, sports paths. It was also cool to see that was the World Cup ended up being sort of a preview of Andrzej Kopitar, team captain, which is now in full effect with the Los Angeles Kings. But it was kind of, it was nice in a way, because I feel like the way that his captaincy came to be over the off season was upsetting um, for oh, yeah. me. But then oh, it was yeah. like, oh, a reminder that he's, you know, he's still Andre Kopitar and he's great and a fun person and people like him. And I loved reading all of the quotes about Kopitar uh, during the World Cup. So that was fun. That was a fun part it's, of it. It's just sad that it's at the expense of Dustin Brown. Like, yeah. I have no problems with, obviously, we have no problems with Andre Kopitar being captain and everything wonderful said about him is accurate and true and we support that. But also, we have our uh, poor little ex-captain on the side that I'm kind of bumped for. Um, Yeah, because I always thought he did well. You know, I I understand that the Kings have not been doing so well, so they probably need to shake things up. You know, like we said before, there's new roster positions, and with that, like, changes the makeup of the team a little bit with a bunch of newbies coming in and, you know, needing different sorts of leadership, but it still uh, is kind of a bummer to see Dustin Brown not wearing the C. It's interesting, too, the whole, like, we just want to transition narrative behind it, because, like, Dustin Brown and Andre Kopitar aren't far apart in age. <laughs> they're they're peers. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt Green, I think, so far also has not been wearing a letter. Jeff Carter has been, and Drew Doughty has been. So it's kind of a strange... Because it's not like they just gave it to a bunch of, like, all of the leadership to a bunch of rookies or anything. Um, And I get that they want to have the players who tend to produce more points at this, you know, point in time in the Kings team. And that's fine, but it's also just kind of strange when, like, you know, you juxtapose it with uh, teams who are like, here are all our fresh, fast rookies, and Connor McDavid is the captain of the Oilers, and stuff <laughs> yeah, like seriously. that. It's just strange to sort of put those things side by side, but it's like, alright, here we, I guess, I guess this is a new Kings era in that way? Sure. I, it's at this point kind of throwing, it, throwing things at the wall to see what sticks and see what works, uh, which I'm fine with. Like, I understand that that definitely needs to be a change because things have not been working out well, so that's fine. We'll see how it goes. It's just an odd makeup after it being the same for a while. Yeah, yeah. But I like Andre Kopitar, love Jeff oh, Carter. Yeah. Um, so sure, I'm on board with those particular things happening. Um, I do hope it means that eventually, I mean, there are a couple new, like Forbert is now up with the team, Nick Dowd is up with the team. Yeah. But I hope that means we see even more shifting and changing. Like, I don't want them to be reckless, but I do want to see more Ontario people. Let's go. Like, if we're transitioning, let's get into it. I mean, finally, because for the longest time, it was just Pearson and, like, Toffoli and things like that of, like, the stars getting their chance and the only people to look at. Because we always laugh about how, you know, we never get a good pick in the draft. We never see anyone come out of camp just because we're trading for people like Scuderi for (laughs) whatever reason. Uh, So I'm excited to see how people have been, like, grown and raised within the system to actually play within the NHL and to give them like a fighting chance to show their stuff. Me too. And actually, I think I guess we should pause and like backtrack and talk about people like Rob Scuderi and also the injuries and things that are plaguing the Kings to start the season, Mm -hmm. which also are adding to making things interesting. So Rob Scuderi, for instance, didn't go with a team to Vegas for the last preseason games. And it was kind of like undisclosed. And then it was like, well, he has an injury 
and they have sent him down technically, but he's injured, so he's not in Ontario or anything like that. It's the last year of his contract. Kind of interesting, questionable situation there. They haven't really made any long-term decisions on him, but will we see Rob Scuderi this season? Who knows? <laughs> they say point. they say injury, and I'm like, is the injury that he's old and slow? Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> he's been injured. He's been playing injured for quite a while. Then it's like the a couple seasons ago when Trevor Lewis wasn't scoring, so they put him on IR for some injury. Yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's it's because he has hands of stone. Got it. Yes, exactly. Sure. <laughs> I didn't know we could put people on injured reserve for that kind of. He thing. He needs some sort of sure. like anti Medusa cure or something like that, and that's why he's on IR. They're just having to figure that one out. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're trying to see what happens, bring him back to normal or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of weird around Rob Scuderi. Uh, Marion Gabrick was part of Team Europe in the World Cup and got injured there, so he is out. That was also kind of mysterious in that it, I guess, happened in the game, but then he played the rest of the game. And so it was just sort of like, and now Marion Gabrick is gone. <laughs> or, like, yeah. he, he left the facility on crutches or something crazy like that. It was like, what happened to him today. <laughs> but that's also kind of par for the course for Marion Gabrick. I feel like it's not the start of a King season without him being injured in some way. Yeah, which is rough. That dude has unfortunate luck. Really happy yeah. for the stretch of games where he was able to help the team score a lot and win a Stanley Cup. Uh, but the time around that rough <laughs> for Marion Yes, Gabrick. very much so. <laughs> he, he remains enthusiastic on Twitter, though, so I appreciate that. <laughs> He's in high spirits, so I guess we should be in high spirits, too. Yeah. He was super into the Dodgers, very excited about Austin Matthews' debut. Yeah, Marion Gabrick, quite a fun time on social media. <laughs> the other injury, sort of the highlight injury, I, I guess, is Jonathan Quick played 20 minutes of hockey against the uh. San Jose Sharks and then just didn't come back in the second period. <laughs> So that's, I guess, I don't know. That's I a like lot how of, you're like, calling that injury a highlight. Like, <laughs> shut your mouth. It's not a highlight. <laughs> but you know, like, the, the headline, the big headline, yes, I guess. It's yes. like, these people are injured, but the big one, the one that people are talking about, is Jonathan Quick being hurt. Uh, I guess on the last play in that first period against San Jose, he, here's what I'm not sure about, because I guess I haven't re been reading closely enough or whatever, but what I'm not sure is if he re-injured the same side of his groin that he did a couple seasons ago, or if, it, or if it's, like, new, he's messed up the other side of his body. I don't know what's going on there, but it seems to be a groin injury, and it might require surgery, um, which yeah. is frightening. Yeah, that's not great. I was hoping that it was just a strain or just some sort of short-term, you know, a little rest, and he's back on the ice, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. So uh, it's going to be Budai and Zatkoff going for it. I guess so. That's who we are now as a yeah. Kings fandom, rooting for those two. <laughs> Not used. I mean, I guess there were there was a time when Quick was injured and Scrivens and Jones, like you know, held it up. But I feel less confident. Although I didn't feel <laughs> confident at the start of that either, and uh, yeah, it was kind I didn't of either. a surprising run. Like now, Martin Jones is like, oh, he's been to the Stanley Cup final. He, you know, he's he's great. Everybody's got a lot of confidence in him. Ben Scribbins is somewhere else. Isn't isn't he like not even in the NHL right now? I, I don't think he's in the NHL. I think he's abroad. But yeah. Uh, but then it's it's the thing is is like I'm certainly not putting because before then 
everyone was kind of like an unknown quantity. That's fair, yeah. So now I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what Peter Budai's about. Like, I don't... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not putting my money on him. Zach, I guess Zatkoff, maybe? I don't yeah. hate him. I think but... both kind of people who at this point in their careers are serviceable backups, and now it's like... You know, hopefully they just split starts. Like, I don't think in this situation Daryl Sutter is going to be able to, the way he does with Jonathan Quick and, like, every other starter he's had on a team, like, just stick to one guy and go with that. I think I think it'll, it'll hopefully, anyway, be a little looser. And then if one of them goes on a streak, fine. But if not, put in the other guy. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. At this point, it's kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm being pessimistic. Uh, it's just kind of like treading water. A little, you know, just like letting these guys balance it out. You win some, you lose some. Just stay afloat. Don't get too far behind, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then wait for Jonathan Quick to come back. Fingers crossed. Here's soon. my worry. It's not even a short-term worry, necessarily. My worry is that if Jonathan Quick keeps doing things like hurting his groin, he won't be able to play the way that he plays. And it's kind of far in his career for him to suddenly be a goaltender who can't go, like, laterally because he might right. pull his groin again. Yeah, now so. it's not the time for him to change his, like, goalie style. Right, um, right, He is based on being acrobatic. He's based on, like, flying from one end to the other and making, like, the super dramatic saves. Yes, because a lot of the times he's out of position, but he's out of position because he can very quickly go to the other side. And that's true uh, if he keeps... If this groin injury is stopping him from doing that, like, is he going to be able to adapt? Is that just going to be, like, an even worse hole in the goalies, in, like, the Kings goalie game? You know, if. No, I'm sorry. As he tries to adjust. You know, like, if if he can't do those things and he tries to adjust and, like, you know, is is too safe, I guess, you know, like, not going too far out away from his net. I mean, which we oftentimes hate, but that's the mark of a Jonathan Quick game. Uh,. Is he going to stay in net, but, like, also not know how to defend it that way? You know, like, I I, I don't I, I don't want to say that he's, like, a bad player. He can't adapt. But a lot of it's in- instinct. A lot of it's just, like, years of doing this. And I'm afraid that he, it, he doesn't – he can't cut it. <laughs> I, like, don't want to say it out loud, but I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, like, he came back from the first one fine. So there's no – like I said, there's not necessarily a reason to be super, super worried in the short term. But he needs he to stop injuring himself. Right, but right. Like, I don't want the it to be, like, things. recurring stuff. And then it's like, now your legs are messed up and your flexibility is all off. I'm just worried. And also, not even just for the Kings in terms of wins, but, like, for me, even though <laughs> – even though, well, <laughs> well, I, not even just like, I mean, I love watching Jonathan Quick do the splits. I've never denied it. <laughs> but it, overall, I say like, even though Jonathan Quick is not the best goaltender in the NHL, for me, he's the most fun to watch. And I think that's because of his aggressive style. And so it's yeah. like very risky. And obviously, sometimes it bites him in the ass horribly. But it's still exciting to see him yeah. play the way that he plays. And so if he can't play like that, I'm like, oh, but what about me, the spectator? <laughs> Which is very selfish. Well, but... it was always good that he was a super like dramatic, exciting player, especially when oftentimes the Kings, like the rest of the Kings, like, defensively and offensively, they were kind of a grind. It was kind of boring. So to watch another team try to score on Jonathan Quick and him making like a spectacular save, yeah, that kind of saved it. I don't know, maybe now with the onslaught of new uh, prospects coming up through camp, 
it'll be a different look for the Kings. I mean, I doubt that they're going to change from, like, the system that's tried and true. But, I don't know. It's going to be a new look. So maybe it'll be exciting on the other end, defensively and offensively, offensively if uh, Jonathan Quick isn't able to be the super crazy person he usually is. Yeah. So Although he yeah. almost fought someone. That's true. He did in his 20 minutes <laughs> of playing time thus he far this season. He did a lot in yeah. the first 20 minutes Make of it the so first eventful. game of the season. So, I mean, he made some great saves. He tried to fight some people. And it was fantastic. Oh, man. You know, I just really like how dependable he is in that way. <laughs> he comes out flying always. He came. He's like, look, I finished my sleeve in the off season. I'm pretty sure it's the <laughs> devil side of his tableau, his like angel devil scenario that he's got going on. So he's Which like. I have so many questions about in general. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would like to do an interview uh, about that and only that. I don't care about <laughs> anything. Hockey related. Just Let's that. Let's talk about your tattoo. Just the angel devil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Since I don't have the photos that I originally found that made me think that's what I'm looking at, I can't like go back and double confirm now. But that was the impression I got <laughs> when I saw these photos a while back. <laughs> and he finished the sleeve, and I need to know about it. And so he was like, clearly, like the devil is stronger in me right now. He was very hype in those 20 minutes. And now, you know, you get too rowdy. Now you got to sit. <laughs> Unfortunately, bring it down when you come back. Just a little, just a little. <laughs> uh, you know, in the movie Anastasia, the car- <laughs> the, the animated <laughs> yes. movie Anastasia, and Rasputin's there, and he just like falls apart all over the place. Yeah, because oh, he's no. on the bad side. That's the devil side. <laughs> See, you can't go too dark. You can't go. You can't go too dark. You can't Maybe go all the way. Other that's side. what his, you know, whole like. <laughs> ink narrative is about he's just he's just fighting it's both sides all the time uh right now he's in a rough place he's got to come back towards the light we'll get jonathan quick back Mm -hmm. Uh, it it could be better uh but yeah at least he made it interesting while he was out there and now he will be missed uh definitely considering the kings lost both games that they've played so far let's uh, we've been talking about injuries and talking about everything else except for the fact that the Kings lost the first two games of the season. Uh, slow start at the gate. Uh, not entirely <laughs> something that we're not used to. It's actually a pretty familiar start. Yeah. Uh, being disappointed at the beginning of the season. So at this point, I'm not too worried about it. But I'd rather not. I think the last two seasons, they've lost the first three games, um, which is disappointing. But I feel like they've successfully felt worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> the first time it happened, I don't – like, it was – annoying but I don't think people paid too much attention to it and then last season I remember people kind of got really down because of the fact that they had missed the playoffs and it was yeah. like oh, now they're back and they don't know playing well this season is gonna suck and then then they they were fine like it wasn't a great season but it was a it was mostly a good season and now it's like the first game is like okay they lose they lose two one they look sloppy that's disappointing but the second game Initially having no. a blowout feel, I think, yep. Yep. really just made people dive off the deep end so quickly. And they haven't won a home opener since 2010. Oh, no. It's Which so is a sad. while ago. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. uh, I remember us going to, like, the Rangers one and then that horrible own goal. And I was just yeah. Like, oh. 
Here's my thing. Like after that experience, I was like, I don't need to go to a home opener. We almost exactly. went, like we almost what? went to one, but then we didn't. <laughs> um, and well, because they were playing the sharks, we're like, we've seen more than enough of the sharks. So I don't know why people put themselves through this at this point. No. But they have, and the game was highly disappointing. They kind of made it closer in the end, but yeah, it's, they really. ha- they've looked kind of a mess so far. And I think that will change a little bit, but um, it is, I, I mean, it's always worrisome. Nobody likes to see their team lose, but it's, I think for, it's also because Jonathan Quick is out sort of exacerbated by that, where it's yeah. like, okay, if this is how they're going to play, uh, what are we going to do <laughs> kind of thing. Um, yeah. But on the bright side, maybe that means, you know, if, if players aren't sticking, we'll see other ones come up or something. Well, know. now we have, like, a bu- like a group of people that we can interchange with. You yeah. Know? Everyone's closer. People can get called up, get, you know, sent down. You know, once again, just, like, throw people in there and see what works. Also, the Kings are continuing their trend of, like, if there's, like, a wonderful, delightful event happening before or after the game, the game is going to be, like, a loser of a game. (laughs) Like, they flew out all these people for, you know, the 50th anniversary of the Kings, uh, and then they lost pretty spectacularly. Yeah, it was real sad. (laughs) (laughs) Not great. So tough. Four goals in one period. How deceptive, too, because, I mean, like, they, they had, like, a pretty decent first period, and then mm-hmm. then it was, like, just kidding, it's all down. Well, absolutely, and the fact that they were playing the Flyers, like, I wasn't, like, the fact that it was uh, 0-0 after the first period, I was like, all right, you know, sounds about right. We're the same Kings and Flyers team that we usually <laughs> are. Maybe it'll be a one goal, like, a 1-0 game. Maybe it'll be a 2-1 game. Who knows? No, <laughs> no not... Second period proved us all wrong, so it's yeah. definitely a, a new season, new teams. Uh, so that was a, a pretty big wake up call there, and I hope for the Kings too. As a fan, it was a big wake up call, uh, but hopefully for for the Kings as well. Unfortunate wake up calls Kings fans have yeah. gotten so far. It's like mm, Jonathan Quick is hurt. Oh, they played like garbage <laughs> against the Flyers. Well, like Tanner Pearson's like suspended. You know, at least though, the good news is that Tanner Pearson will get to make his season debut next game, and yes. that should help out a little bit with the depth, which the Kings seem. It just feels like they have none <laughs> right now. So yeah. that'll help out a little bit, which is nice. And I think. Um, They'll have to figure out some moves on defense if this like Green Forbert third pairing continues to the way that Please it did. Please don't in that let game. it continue. Please don't, don't let it continue. I just it was so bad, and I I'm tr- it's like don't draw conclusions on one game, but it was so painful <laughs> to watch. That was a pr- that was a pretty bad representation. I mean, by all means, prove us wrong the second game if yeah. this continues, but it was a pretty shitty start. To that pairing. I don't understand some of the decisions that the Kings have made on depth. Actually, okay, so did you watch, like, the black and white series is happening again? And the yes. first episode was about Daryl Sutter, but the second one, did you watch that one? I watched bits of it, yes. So it's, like, all about making the roster and how there are the mm-hmm. spots open and players can come up. And they, it's specifically in this piece, right, <laughs> they look at Nick Dowd, Derek Forbert, Kevin Gravel, and Michael Mersh. Another yep. one who probably should have been included in that is Adrian Kempe. And then it's like two of them make it up, and that's kind of it. And here, what I don't understand about the Kings, and maybe this will change 
relatively soon, you know, within the next couple months or whatever. But they still have Kyle Clifford, Nick Shore, Jordan Nolan, Andy Andrioff, and, and Trevor Lewis, though I think Trevor Lewis of the group is probably defensively the most useful or at least, I don't know, has both the tenure and consistency. And is also constantly voted, like, the unsung hero of Right, the right. So him, I count a little bit differently. And Nick Shore, I, I like, but he still has, so far in his career, not really produced points. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, do we need all of these guys who work really hard but don't contribute to the score? <laughs> do we need them all? Come on. <laughs> Get I hate to say something. the word grit, but, I mean, I feel like that's what they're there for and we don't uh, need it. Yeah. I you mean, know, like, you know what I mean? It's like when they're all plotters. They do not. They don't contribute scoring-wise. It's... I, I I don't hate them. They're good players, but they're not what the Kings needed right now. You at least don't need all of them. And I they seem yes. like fine people, and they seem to all have, like, one thing. Like, Kyle Clifford is actually pretty fast. Um, Nick Shore, everybody talks about how he's, you know, been a really solid possession player. Um, Jordan Nolan, when he's on, because he's super inconsistent his whole career, when he's yeah. on, he's a pretty strong fourth liner. And at one point, he was scoring at least sometimes, although he didn't score at all in 52 games last season, so who knows what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy Andreoff, I'm still not really that hype about, but he is also around. <laughs> Right. They all seem to have like one thing they do pretty well, but they none of them score. And you need depth players that score at least some of the time. Can we get one of those? Can we call up some rain players to see if maybe they can do that? I just don't understand why we have all of these people, even though they're like, I'm so glad they've lasted so long and they've been relatively strong players but at some they've point been, they've been good players you gotta let them go they, they all have one skill they have <laughs> right, one yeah. skill you when you when there are players that have two skills <laughs> right. or maybe all four skills like four skills and you can trade in those people for a better player and you won't see like kyle clifford kyle clifford seems to get uh, like a miraculous number of breakaways so many and sometimes <laughs> sometimes they lead to something <laughs> and it's memes for days because we're like, Oh, I did not know that Kyle Clifford could <laughs> right, move that right. fast, whether it be his feet, his hands, anything. But most of the time it's just like straight into the chest yeah. <laughs> like is where that breakaway goes. And yeah, like there's, if you just trade him for another player that has two skills, right. cool. maybe getting breakaways and also being able to <laughs> score them, that might be good. And I love Kyle Clifford as, like, a person and a, like, you know, he's great. But, yeah, there's definitely more that the Kings could do. I just want some more points. Like, like it's been long enough. Yes. We've exactly. all hung on. We've been so loyal. But I think if the Kings are going to so transition loyal. this team and not even just extend their window, I'm not really worried about that. They've got two cups. I'm fine with taking a couple of or at least one transition season and them like not trading their picks and getting some more high picks just but just make some smart moves you can't hold on to the past forever <laughs> and i want yeah. this to be the period where we stop doing that i like how this is this is the period when we're looking or we're, we're like living in nostalgia over the last many years like we have so many anniversary <laughs> right, events yeah. like the kings do it's like don't don't live in the past it's like uh except right. Here are your <laughs> your old kings. Don't live in the recent past. Don't live in the real like yeah, far that, back past either because it was t- terrible. Don't go don't go yeah. bad. <laughs> but 
It's time to just start thinking about retooling. I don't want you to be drastic. I'm just saying, by the end of the season, we shouldn't have all four of those dudes. Exactly. And we've loved them. We've said many good things about them, except for Andy Andreoff. <laughs> right. We've only um, said a few good things for, about them. <laughs> we've only said a few good things. <laughs> um, the only person that I will continue to stand behind is Trevor Lewis till the end of my day. I mean, it seems like the Kings will, too. So I was surprised that they re-signed him. Not, I mean, not, be- yeah. not you know, because of him or anything. It's just that they had an opportunity to let him walk away rather than trying to find right. like, a trade for somebody or something. And, and they chose not to. So that was interesting. I, I am, I'm not mad about it though. I like Trevor Lewis. So uh, let's keep yeah, it going. I like him. I'm glad he could stay. Something that I thought was interesting is the signing of Devin Setaguchi. Unexpected. Out of nowhere. Here we are. I never expect any... Well, I never expected Sadaguchi to be signed in general, but I don't ever expect PTOs to generally be uh, signed. Like, Paul Bissonnette certainly hasn't been signed <laughs> in the like times that he's had a PTO. But here we are, uh, a team with Devin Sadaguchi on their team. Yeah, I, I think someone noted, I forget who it was, but someone noted that actually probably the season where the fewest number of PTOs got signed, like usually it's a handful, but I think it's like... Devin Setaguchi and maybe one or two other people. And that's it. <laughs> Even though plenty of dudes yeah. had PTOs, um, they just they just didn't make the team. The NHL is kind of in an interesting place, I think because of the fact that Chicago won the Stanley Cup and then Pittsburgh, who played the Sharks, and it was like a very fast series. And even like the Chicago-Tampa final was really fast. That now, yeah. even more than ever before, people are like, it's all about speed. And so now younger players who are faster generally are are getting the nod more this season. And it's kind of fascinating. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I loved Team North America at the World Cup. I'm all about the youth movement, too. So I can't exclude myself. But it is interesting just to see how how kind of widespread it is or has been heading into this season that you have a number of right. older guys who are in good shape and probably could be serviceable players. But it's like... Sorry, we're going to take this 18-year-old, actually. Well, there's there's too many, like, actually good rookies right, right now. Right. Good, fast rookies. Like, there's always been good rookies. But, like, there are some spectacular ones that are fast. And so you have to change your team to kind of, like, accommodate that. Because not only are they good, but they're making, like, actual visible results and changes to their team and their roster and the scoring and all of that. So you can't just be like, oh, well, they have that one person, but that's not going to affect everything. We can continue to play like our style of hockey. The Kings have to change as well. And all all I can say is that I hope that they kind of speed up their defense because we've always had a bunch of cl- like people who were just slow and behind and with the people that are skating, like with the people that are in teams now, the rookies that are in the league now, the Kings definitely need to change that up. I think so too. And I think um, it's been interesting. Okay. I kind of, these are kind of disconnected, but then connected. Um, I agree that the the Kings also need to change the, the makeup in a way that makes sense. Like they can't do it immediately because that's just not the kind of system that Daryl Sutter coaches or anything like that. And I do think they have some fast players. Like I said, like Marion Gabbard's injured, but he's very fast. Um, Kyle Clifford, fast, doesn't score. Trevor Lewis, fast, also doesn't really score that much. Uh, Tanner Pearson, who's coming back fast, does score sometimes. Tyler Toffoli has worked on his skating, and so he's not like crazy fast, but he's faster and a good scorer. Um, Jeff, Jeff Carter, Carter, huge very stride, fast. very fast. Uh, 
Kobachar doesn't look fast, but Kobachar always knows how to get to where he needs to be. <laughs> um, yeah, he just always seems to be in the right place. So. Right, so that's however nice. fast he gets there, he gets there. It's fine. So I think they—it's not like they've totally ignored speed or skill. So that's good. Um, but I do think they need to kind of trend that way a little more as well. Um, on the flip side, the other thing is I kind of feel like in a way the reason why some guys are getting passed over or sent down more and more kind of comes back to the Kings and Mike Richards. Because I remember like when he got sent down to the uh, or to, to Manchester at the time, people were like, they couldn't believe it because of his one-way contract and like how huge it was. And it was like, wow, who sends like a player like that down to the AHL when he's not injured? And I feel like since then, it's kind of been like this thing where more and more teams aren't afraid to send those players down, even if it right. comes at, like, kind of a cap loss, basically, because they're still taking up that space. And so, like, there was, for instance, I noticed Gregory Campbell came into Camp Healthy for Columbus, um, was, like, I think, f- like, third in terms of fitness or whatever, had a good, pretty good training camp, but then they passed him over, and it was kind of just, like, they wanted to try out some of their younger players. So they sent him down, but he's not reporting to the AHL affiliate because he's, like, I don't want to take a spot from a younger kid in the AHL who could use the development. Right. So now he's just kind of stuck right. in limbo because he's one of the older older guys who has a contract, technically, but he's not playing, <laughs> and it's solely because of, you know, his age <laughs> and how he, maybe he's lost a step or whatever, and they're going to try to trade him if they can, but now he's just kind of sitting and waiting. Waiting. And, yeah. and it's kind of strange, and I think um, the article actually mentioned Mike Richards, or one article about it mentioned Mike Richards and kind of said that maybe that's kind of an example. Like, Mike Richards kind of waited around for months and then finally signed with the Washington Capitals in January, I wonder if that's going to continue to happen. Like, or is is the league just going to get kind of younger and younger? You know, is it going to be kind of strange to see guys linger past like their early thirties? That'll be interesting. I don't know. It's kind. It kind of is that trans- transition period now. It seems weird that it's it's like old guys out to pasture. Right. Right. Uh, wait. Wait until kind of like mid season to see what worked and what didn't work, and then like pluck them from there. To see if, you know, that leadership, that experience, that whatever helps that team when the youngins don't work. Um, and we'll see if that happens for them. Otherwise, yeah, it, it might look like the, the, the like, age limit uh, is getting a little bit lower. Yeah, and it seems like the, the margin for error, the margin for error is small for rookies, and now it seems like it's also small for people on the other end of the spectrum where it's like if you're older and you're not keeping up with the pace see you later (laughs) and there's like very little hesitation to be like i guess we're just gonna send them down (laughs) i don't know Um, bell curves tightening up a little bit yeah it's it's fascinating and a little i mean a little scary i guess if you are an older player who isn't also a star pretty much like if you're not yeah. like a straight up goal scorer or something then it it can get a little dicey if you don't have some contract with term on it um and even if you do i mean you know look what where's mike richards who knows he's on his leg i again. like always laugh about every reference of mike richards <laughs> on his leg i don't know why i just do i it's true yeah. i mean it's definitely true but it just makes me laugh oh I, it's i mean what a story <laughs> you know that biography is going to be an interesting read truly and i <laughs> can't wait for it honestly so oh yeah 
let's go. Is there anything else I want to say about the Kings? Maybe not. Maybe I just wanted to talk about other teams at this point. <laughs> well, the other teams seem to be a little bit more exciting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, things that are happening. Let's talk about what everyone else talked about, which is Austin Matthews. Um, let me tell you something, and it's that <laughs> I adore him. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I've, I mean, I've always, I always have had interest in players who come out of the uh, National Development Program and or and or college the NCAA um and so I've been aware of Austin Matthews for the last few years I'm so excited about his debut was very salty that he got drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs (laughs) but it's fine um his debut was so exciting it was so good I was so happy my favorite part of that is uh that I I did watch that game like out with friends and everyone assumed that he was Canadian of course and I was like of, yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, they don't watch a ton of – they only watch hockey with me. They don't watch a ton right, of hockey. They don't follow it. Um, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Wikipedia that shit. <laughs> yeah. He's he's one of ours. Right. Claim him. <laughs> and it made me so happy. I had a coworker. Uh, but, yeah, it was spectacular. Four goals. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a coworker do the same thing, though, where basically – because it was, like, the more that he scored, the bigger, like, social media was, like, buzzing and whatnot. So eventually, yeah. like, I had a coworker who was like, are you, like, looking at this hockey thing that's happening? Um, not even to me, to another <laughs> dude. And he was like, what's going on? He's like, this kid apparently scored four goals and it's his first game. And um, I was like, uh, hello, yes, this is me. I'm going to butt in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Turn towards me. I will tell you all about it. Uh, His name is Austin, and and same thing. My coworker was like, he's probably Canadian. That's why. And I was like, no, he's from Arizona. Please don't disrespect no. him or me this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arizona of all places. So good. I love it. Um, yeah, the fact that he is from the Southwest is part of why it's exciting too, and it's kind of like in a way. It's like, thanks to the Arizona Coyotes for this moment. It was a long time coming, but we've all made it here, and it was beautiful to see. But also, let's, okay, we obviously adore Austin Matthews. He's wonderful. I am so excited to see what he does the rest of the season. But let's just talk about the Leafs in general, (laughs) in which, what, hey, Chanel, did you happen to catch the end of the game? Like, what the final score was? Yes, I did. (laughs) They're so bad still. <laughs> How do you score? Like, he scores four goals, and then you still lose. You still Come lose. On. What is the point? He must He must have just, like, thrown his gloves, his stick up into the air, being like, what was the point <laughs> right. of all of this? <laughs> See what I gave you? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, I think they they won, again, thanks largely to their rookie players, the next game. Um, although, fun right. fact that I loved, so NBC does not care about Canada. American, you know, U.S. channel for the most part. That's what their concern is, is American viewership. So when they pick those games, they usually don't put a whole lot of Canadian teams on the schedule because they don't care. Right. Yeah. But they last minute added that Maple Leafs Bruins game, and one of the executives was like, "It's because of the player. It's because of Austin Matthews that yep. we are adding, yep. which is amazing. So glad um, that this American Southwestern Arizona player uh, is pulling in yeah. like viewership because he's so good that 
channels want people they to just want to see what he's gonna do it's so exciting he's our american yeah. Yeah. he's our american on a dumb okay once again this is an amazing american player on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. They better fucking treat him right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think, too, at times they sort of push that whole, like, you wouldn't even be able to tell he's not from Toronto. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he is from Arizona. <laughs> he is not a Toronto boy, whatever that means. And, like, when I hear that, usually I think about, like, some, like, white kid who is kind of privileged or whatever. And he's also not that. So let me bask in this moment where this, like... Mexican kid, like Mexican American kid, um, who's really good at hockey and from the Southwest is just like tearing it up, <laughs> and yep. he will be one of the 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 new faces of a uh, USA hockey. So we can all stop looking at that fucking other dude. <laughs> it's a beautiful time. Thank you, Austin Matthews. Yes. <laughs> I adore you. I feel like there were other interesting things. Oh, that's what I wanted to get around to. Speaking of teams that did things, um, it's the Oilers. And how they're bad still as uh-huh. well. And, yep. of course, on the offseason, there was a big Taylor Hall trade, who they traded for Adam Larson straight up. And for some reason, someone in the management thought that made sense. But then yep. they also traded Neil Yakupov, finally, for, like, nothing. Finally. For nothing. Yep. So what I want... Like some magic beans. Right. Yeah. Just, here's a pick, and it's conditional. <laughs> because, okay. <laughs> Um, what I want is for the Los Angeles Kings to, you know, bring up rain players, but also see about getting Leon Dreisaitl on the team for nothing, because it seems like they're just handing people out, I guess, from the Oilers. Yeah, it seems like that's what they're going for these days, (laughs) so if we can get him for nothing, we might as well. And I know that you just want to hear more clips about him and Andre Um, Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Like, they've already got chemistry. Leon Dreisaitl loves Andre Kopitar about as much as we do, so that's nice. Almost. Yeah, kind of. It's... You know, it's we're kind of neck and neck, but it's fine. That's great. I just need more people that love Andre Kopitar. So how exciting yep. for him to come to a team where Andre Kopitar can be his captain all of the time, and the Kings uh-huh. don't have to give up that much. He does score. Wow, this seems like such a great idea. <laughs> Let's get on it. <laughs> you know who they could give up though? They could at least give up a player. Let's say like uh, ooh, I don't know, an Andy. Andy yeah, give them two. Like Throw Jordan Nolan in there. Just yeah. all the grit you need. They can all protect Connor McDavid. That seems to be what they're into these days. Yeah. So I think this could work. It sounds great to me. Let's get she really on the phone. I think it sounds fantastic. She really doesn't even like children, <laughs> so <laughs> he always trades away young guys. Um, yeah. I think. Give them to us. Give them to us. Let's just be first in line. We'll treat them like our own. (laughs) So that's what I need to happen this season. Um, And I think based on precedent, it's possible. I mean, who knows? Hopefully, you know, sometimes we'll we'll say things and, you know, it ends up happening. Yeah. We got a dog calendar. (laughs) so far. (laughs) We put that into the air. What we've wanted. (laughs) We we put that into the world. And we're like, ah, yes, we did get a dog calendar. Um... Among some other things, but yeah, maybe this, you know, will be our first to sort of like push out, you know, into the ether and maybe it'll happen. I don't know. <laughs> Whisper Leon Dreisaitl's name on the wind <laughs> and he'll come. I'll try to figure out some sort of like witchy <laughs> right. spell to do to try to make that happen. Oh, man. Um, 
Yeah, and he can just be Andre Kopitar's adopted son. Andre Kopitar has an actual son that seemed to oh, yes. come by surprise. <laughs> How amazing. That kid came out of nowhere. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I know he was probably baking for nine months, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I think I heard a rumor during the World Cup, but I it, there was never, like, a source on it that I saw. It was just, like, a baby, yeah. maybe. And then, <laughs> and then there was one. How amazing. Spectacular. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much all I have for right now. I could probably talk a lot about young rookies and stuff because I'm so excited. Well, can I just say one thing that I'm, like, really bummed about Jack Eichel? Yes, me too. Can I say that? Because I did not like the morning of, like, watching all of the, like, uh, breaking. Yeah. Jack Eichel seems to be super injured. I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I was so excited about his potential this season. Me too. Oh, I was so ready for it. And now now we have to wait. It's kind of, it's not really funny, but it's kind of sadly amusing that it seems like they scheduled a Edmonton Sabres game like really early in the season just so they wouldn't run into what they ran into last season with Connor McDavid getting hurt. And still... Still an injury. And he might not be back by the the second game. So there could be no, you know, overblown rivalry games, which I'm sad about. I like rivalry stuff. That's my jam. I, yeah, I like overblown narratives sometimes. If they don't get drawn out, and then I'm hearing about it for like years after, then it's fine. But uh, yeah, this I would have been excited Mm -hmm. about. So that's our. I also just like watching Jack Eichel play. I mean, again, I'm always I'm yeah. I'm biased when it comes to American players. So, uh, young talented Americans, my jam, and he is also very yep. talented. So, uh, I will miss watching him on the ice and hope that kid gets healthy soon. We, I mean, we do this entire podcast as like, oh, you know, this is good for the Kings and we want the Kings to win, but half the time it's just like, especially when we talk about other parts of the NHL, it's like, oh, but this is for right. us as like sports watchers, what as I need. sports spectators. This is what we would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a bummer. Um, I don't, have there been any other like really disappointing injuries? And not that, not that have affected me personally. <laughs> Not that I'm invested in. <laughs> not that I'm invested in. Carrie Price got the flu. He's not injured, but I, I I found that kind of strange. I was like, oh, is he just never going to play for the Canadians again? Is that what's going to happen? They're just going to keep coming up with excuses for why <laughs> he can't be in goal. Why he can't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it seems like they're moving past that. But I, I thought that was an interesting way to have their season start. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I can't think of any other huge ones. Um, sorry to anybody who might be important who I've clearly forgotten about. Someone out there is yelling like, "What about this player?" Yeah. And we're like, "Yeah, I don't think it affected <laughs> yeah, my heart right. that much." So I'll survive. It, it's it's not been in there. Um, I'm also. I just thought about it when Jack Eichel is healthy. Um, like, obviously, like, McDavid versus Eichel only happens twice a season. But uh, Matthews versus Eichel, and they're friends, but still, like, a sort of friendly competition yeah. um, rivalry, you know, because they play in the same division, I believe. That could be fun. I think that could be yeah. nice. Still good players, both rep in America. It's all the, rook- it's all the rookie rivalries. Yeah. That's going to be, like, rookie friend rivalries. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my other narrative that I'm watching besides the Kings is what's going on with yeah, them. Yeah, me too. Pretty much. And then also, like, the fact that they all played, not all of them, but a bunch of them played together on Team North America, it's kind of like, 
Yeah. They're they're rivals, but also they're summer camp buddies. <laughs> so it's yeah. cool. <laughs> exactly. And, like, they've recently competed. Because, like, a lot of times, like, they played in juniors together or they'll, like, uh, train together during the summer. Yeah. But, like, the fact that they actually, like, played games and competed, like, very recently and are now going to their respective teams and having to compete against each other. It's, like, a, it's a cool little dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good time in terms of. I mean, like I, I fully admitted, I'm caught up in the youth movement of the NHL, so I think that yes, will be so fun. And I think the Kings will. I think they'll be better than they have been so far. So I'm not really worried about them either. I just hope they make things interesting for me as a viewer. Yes. And yeah, I think it'll be a fun season. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Right now, there's just so much up in the air with the Kings that it's hard to really nail them down or like feel anything about them because nothing feels set in stone we've got two goalies that we assume are just gonna bounce off each other and just you know switch starts a jonathan quick who may or may not come back soon right or not uh we've got people from the rain battling for their chance to uh play in the nhl and whether that does anything or not who knows we've got defense pairings that are getting all like uh mashed around so it's kind of like, I don't know what the Kings are, so I don't know what to expect right. or, like, what to root for. You know, like, it's so amorphous right now that I'm like, well, we'll see. <laughs> what form are the Kings going to take next? And, and maybe that's the thing that will make them interesting. I mean, at least to start the season, it's kind yeah. of like, let's see what this turns into. <laughs> we'll all be surprised. <laughs> and uh, hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's, you know, more on the positive side than just a disgusting mess. Although if it is a mess, I hope it's a mess in the fun way. Like, the Calgary yeah. Flames are a mess. Um, <laughs> like that. I hope, I hope they are a Bogart. Uh, let me just continue <laughs> with, like, Harry Potter references. Where they just are, like, a weird mesh of things until they morph into the thing that you fear the most. Oh, so that's fun. Maybe. I like that. That'll, that's like the theme of the season is like, oh God, there's so many moving parts to the Kings right now, but they'll just like morph into the thing that annihilates their opponents. That would be great. We'll see if that happens. This is my, uh, like beginning, beginning of the season, optimistic hope for them. (laughs) Two games in. Um, Cool. All right. Uh, Anything else you want to say about any teams players anything the kings no i'm just excited that hockey season is back i you know we always are like god we had to record so much during playoff season uh i missed that (laughs) off season is too long (laughs) now we've got all this time the last couple of seasons so uh it would be nice to have a little less time (laughs) that could be cool yes exactly i would like to continue recording Forever this season, <laughs> a.k.a. till the very, very yeah. end. Yeah, it would be amazing if they surprised everyone and made a deep run. Um, I think my goal for the Kings really is just that they make the playoffs still, which I think is possible, yeah. but I don't expect them to be a contender. Yeah, that's that's more of our, like, that's more of a realistic prediction, yeah. <laughs> you know, is that they, hopefully they make the playoffs yeah. and see where it goes from there. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, glad to be back. Um, we will... As usual, try our best to record one of these every week. Mm -hmm. Um, Until then, be good to each other. Be good to yourselves. Talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.